from the Pictures Out There studios, welcome to the Pictures Out There podcast series with Dave Fogelman and Lee Stewart. Pictures Out There ties the future to the present and is a new approach for vision and action toward a better future. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Welcome back to the Pictures Out There podcast series. I'm Lee. And I'm Dave. Nice to have you with us again. Today, we're going to share with you another powerful picture example. This is one we call language bridges. Language bridges. Think for just a moment. Language is frankly a miracle. Language connects us. It helps us create common ground. It also can reflect our individual uniqueness. It's pretty cool. Language can also be a barrier between us, however. It doesn't have to be, particularly not when we communicate with the most common languages. And examples of those common languages are music, art, dance. As a human society, we often question how we can build bridges among all of the different human societies, cultures, and nationalities around the world. Well, some of those bridges already exist. They're called music, art, dance, language. The great jazz and big band singer Ella Fitzgerald once said, Music is the universal language. It brings people closer together. Or, we might argue it should... How often do we sit down to really listen to some form of musical expression that is not, frankly, our own preference? Well, we could ask the same questions about art that's unfamiliar to us, or writing, literature, poetry. Or do we just label it as different or uninteresting or perhaps bad or wrong? Well, we would argue that it's amazing. We can express ourselves freely and honestly as individuals. We can express ourselves as a culture or a society. But even more amazing, there are bridges available among everyone in the world as we share our music, art, dance, and language with others. So what's your picture for the world as it relates to language, expression, and art? While you're imagining on that, we will give you ours. You know, little kids, they're just amazing, really amazing. Yeah, you can plop down a bunch of toddlers who come from different countries, regions, places, cultures, and hand them some crayons or markers, and they'll start drawing. They'll express themselves beautifully. They immediately have a common language with the other toddlers as they share their art with each other and as they look at each other's drawings. It's the same way with music and with dance. If you ask a group of toddlers to dance to music, how they will dance, each in a unique way. And isn't it interesting how they smile when they do it? And then how they enjoy watching the other toddlers dance. Joy, pure joy. Recognizing and appreciating that simple miracle has made a huge difference. We came to understand that music dance and art were incredible bridges for all people, for all of us. We come into the world with those bridges already built. Wow! We finally came to realize that all we had to do was to not tear them down as we grow up. So we began to institutionalize the maintenance, if you will, of those bridges so that they would never fall into disrepair. 
It's just like the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. It is always getting repainted and repaired. We ensured that our educational systems nurtured different forms of music, art, and dance displayed around the world. And our children now grow up with that living bridge, with that golden gate, that beautiful connection to other cultures around the world. Let's take music as one example. With different cultures, we now use music as a common means of introduction. Each individual or group or society shares their form of musical expression with each other. We always accept each other's music. Music is an intimate expression. It creates a bond, a common experience. It costs nothing to show acceptance of someone else's music. We've now made it a part of human dealings with each other as adults. It was pretty simple. Now we're comfortable singing together, comfortable dancing together. We are comfortable together with all our forms of art. No judgment just enjoyment. We use these common languages to better understand each other. Now strangers quickly become friends. No us and them in this sharing of languages. No, we're not all the same, thankfully. We are all beautifully unique, but we use, love, and nurture these natural bridges that we have together. Oh, what about that other canyon, our different word languages? Well, we've solved that problem. Translation devices and chips are now available to everyone, or they're embedded in the variety of communication devices that people use. When people deal with folks who speak a different language, the translation is automatic. When we seek to truly understand each other and different languages don't get in the way, it's generally pretty easy to get things worked out. We made a decision to not let something easily solvable, like the language of words, be a barrier that caused or heightened problems between people. That just didn't make any sense. The diversity of word languages that we have in the globe is a beautiful thing that we cherish and always want to keep. It's part of the multitude of cultures that we have. So we have our own language. Others have theirs. We share ours with them. They share theirs with us. And we actually appreciate and love that variety of beautiful languages that we have in our beautiful world. We turned what was sadly viewed as a negative by many. Now it's a positive connection, and we embrace diversity and inclusion. We embrace that diversity of music, art, dance, and language with all of our being, and as part of our celebrating of our own art, music, dance, and language. We do have a few boundaries with this open and consistent appreciation of the art, music, and language of others. Some boundaries are, we don't accept it if it advocates hate. We don't accept it if it advocates violence. We do not accept it if it denigrates our physical selves, if it denigrates the spirituality or religions of others. So that's our picture as it relates to music, dance, art, what we call language bridges. What is yours? We better create one together and drive it to reality where some inferior changes will happen instead that may take us even farther away from a picture we could believe in together. So? So what? What difference will all this make? Why do it? We truly believe that if we create an imaginative, aggressive, and clear picture of our desired future for our language bridges, as we call them, then the world can become a better place faster. We'll more quickly agree on where we collectively want to go in leveraging these languages, and we can more quickly figure out how to get there. 
Why can't we paint these pictures and then make them happen? We can. There's still something much better out there, just over the hill. Let's work together on this. What else are we here to do? Let's do it with calm urgency and do it with joy. That's Lee's and my picture on what we're describing as language bridges. We're going to have some conversation here about music and art and writing and languages. We're going to talk about the notions of what we like, what we enjoy. You're going to hear some of our own preferences. Hopefully that'll be interesting to you. But we're going to be describing the distinction we're making between something that we like and appreciating things that maybe we don't experience every day. So let's talk about music. In terms of preferences for music, I'll lead off and Lee can chime in. I'm a power pop music guy. I also love soul music, classical music, blues. I love rock. I have some kinds of music that I appreciate, but I'm not gonna go, you know, put it on something that I'm listening to or streaming. I think the, the talents that do opera are incredible. It's amazing, the writing of it, etc. I don't sit down and listen to opera, okay? <laughs> but I appreciate it. Uh, there's forms of hip-hop that I like a lot. There's some other forms of it that I appreciate, but I don't sit down and listen to it. The same with kind of hard country music. I will never choose to go listen to that. I appreciate it. And so, Lee, what about you? I'm reminded of a story that involves my daughter when she was maybe 15 or 16 years old and she was listening to Eminem. Well, old dad goes, that's crap. You know, why, why are you listening to that crap? <laughs> and she goes, well, now, dad, listen, just sit down and listen to the lyrics. Well, it took about two or three songs when I went, this guy's a genius writer. He's nothing short of a genius writer. He's one of the great lyricists of his generation. Now, do I still want to pop Eminem onto my streaming service? No, not often. But I certainly understand and appreciate the cultural dynamic that he represents and the gift and talent that he possesses as a writer. Lee, you and I both love music. I mean, we, love it. we, we both avidly listen to music. It's like a lot. oxygen to me. Yeah, me too. I, I can't imagine a life without music. It is such an intimate expression for people that are artists or people that are sharing their story. And when somebody is a fan of someone, they're a fan for a reason. It's speaking to them. It is a way of telling their own story. Absolutely. And so the notion that we wouldn't have an appreciation for the storytelling and the intimacy of that sharing is, is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong-headed. Yeah. I'm remembering three or four instances that I've had the, the pleasure of being afforded this opportunity, which were uh, African choirs, sometimes all male, sometimes men and women singing together, who came through on a church tour or something of that nature across North America. And you talk about a fabulous introduction to another culture's language and expression. It's one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had. And I thought, how poorer my life would have been if I'd never had the opportunity to hear that. One of the things I love about the, the age that we're living in now, and those of you who are listening to this in the future, you probably have this times 100, right? And we'll, we'll talk about that, is the ability to go ahead and create your own expression. And so through the magic of computers and the ability to access instrumentation, that before you would have actually had to know how to play something well, an instrument well, 
virtually anybody if they have access to it and if they have the means to afford some software can create their own music and do their own expression and i think one of the things i love about the age we're living in right now is the is the variety mm-hmm. and the multitude of musical expression that individual people or people as part of an actor doing it is crazy phenomenal and uh, and is just much more intimate and everything so that's that's terrific to me yeah absolutely I might change the topic just to what we generally call art. Now, let's be more specific there. In this instance, I'm referring to painting, writing, photography, sculpture, those kinds of visual arts. I'm a bit of an amateur art historian. I like to go to museums. Do I love every single piece that I see in those museums? Of course not. Did you love going to a museum as much when, as when you were a kid? As you do now. <laughs> I loved going to the concession stand and the gift store. Yeah, right. It was like, oh, getting getting uh, taken by your folks to to the museum. Oh, oh gosh, why yeah. are you doing this? Today, I might walk past a great many works and I go, eh, not really my thing, but, but I'm always deeply appreciative of the talent that they represent and the cultural expression that they represent. Yeah, and the storytelling. I now when I go to a museum, the the little blurb or having the docent explain something about the that's much more interesting to me than it was when I was growing up, because you do get the story behind the painting and the meaning behind the painting. I still want to go. You know, okay, let's fairly quickly go through this and get to the room with the Monets. That's that's <laughs> what I like the best. Right. So what about, uh, what about writing and, and storytelling and that type of thing? Yeah, well, of course, writing, like every other expression of art, has evolved and adapted and refined over the years and centuries. Uh, to this day, here we are in the early 21st century, and our audience may be listening some hundreds of years from our point in time. Uh, I still like the writing that's 150 years old, which is flowery and florid and Victorian and uh, carefully, carefully crafted and very, very vividly paints pictures. I still have a great taste for that. Yeah, I, I love, uh, partic- you know, in fiction in particular, I love just a great story. I, I love, and it may be around ideas, it may be around great characters, uh, but I just, I love the storytelling and I, I love that in real life too. I, I know you're an uh, avid reader of books that are hundreds and hundreds of pages long in fine print of history. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> my, my friend Lee uh, devours those with gusto. And, uh, but that's, uh, and I get why you love that. I understand why you love that and your curiosity for that and your interest in that. And so uh, it, it's, again, this notion of abundance, the abundance of interests that we have that translate both into what we create as artists and then what we enjoy as consumers of art. Yeah. Now, this connects beautifully with our picture about language bridges. I've been doing this for several years now. Over a 12-month period, over a year, I will set myself an objective, a goal in my reading, which is to read at least one work by an author from every continent in the world. So there will be a European writer, perhaps I've not been exposed to previously, uh, a Pan-Asian writer, someone from South American continent. And I seek out writers who have written perhaps 
contemporaneous work or historical work, and I'll read something from those cultures, just so that I'm always availing myself of the talent that the globe represents. That's great. Let's talk a little bit uh, about the notion of language and how in our current day here as we sit in 2021, lots of times the variety of languages that we have is a controversy. And we will have issues where people in a country like the United States speak multiple languages. Some people think that's a beautiful thing, think that's wonderful, are not threatened by the fact that somebody is speaking a language that they may not understand without translation. Other people are deeply, deeply bothered by that and want to homogenize things. I I think one of the points that we wanted to make with uh, certainly the point about translation devices and, and some of the things we described in our picture is I think we are both of the mind that the multitude of language, just like the multitude of cultures that we have uh, across the globe, that is a beautiful thing. That is something that I would hope as our global community comes together and we become one in all sorts of things like love and, and some of the things that we're talking about here, that that diversity of language, that diversity of culture can be maintained because it's, it's our life expression. Yeah, I agree. So Dave, I might argue that the best music has not yet been written. I might argue that the best art has not yet been made. The best writing perhaps still awaits us. The best movies, whatever the expression might be, maybe we haven't seen them yet. And uh, to our listeners, both in the present and uh, out in the future, those may be done by you. And so one of the things that we would hope is in this notion of language bridges and with everything that we've been describing in our pictures about our uniqueness and the beauty of our unique being, uh, that every one of us has the ability and the uh, attitude and mindset to go ahead and express themselves through art, through music, through language, through dance, whatever your cup of tea is. And that's uh, the world is waiting on that. And again, to whatever degree we describe it as, as good or bad, it's all accepted, it's all beautiful, and uh, it, it may be the best we've ever done. Absolutely. Yep. Now, future, here's how we expect that you achieved wonderful expressions, that you opened yourself up to the absolute pure joy of artistic expression. You opened your arms to all of it. And you kept the joy of expression and language alive in all of your children. It's so interesting. In our our picture, we pointedly started with children because most of us have had that experience of, and maybe whether it's with our own kids or as a child, we remember that, where we were in a room and and there were kids we didn't know. Uh, or we you know, were getting together with another family and you wanted to have something for the kids to do. And we kind of all instinctively know, turn on some music, have something for them to dance to, give them crayons, give them markers, give them paper. They'll, They'll take care of it. They know what to go do with that. And we really wanted to underscore this notion of there's something we're doing along the way that stops that happening. There's, there's some points along the way where we say we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't create that experience. We shouldn't be uh, open- childish. Yeah, we shouldn't be opening that up. And we're saying, no, 
<laughs> be childish. <laughs> be child. There's there's something you're losing if you don't go do that. So we do believe those of you in the future that we're speaking to now, you all realize that. And the, the thing you did wasn't to go do something new. You just didn't stop doing what you were already doing. And you formalize that in all sorts of ways. You never put away your crayons. Never put away your crayons. Lee, uh, in, in terms of our future audience, uh, what are the things that uh, we suspect that uh, they had to overcome to get to the, this wonderful new picture that they're in? First thing that comes to my mind would be competition. Oh, my song's better than yours. My painting's better than yours. Whose is better? Let's submit it to a panel of judges. Man, I just don't think that that <laughs> would have uh, perpetuated uh, new achievements in the broader world of art. So they, they had to set competition aside. So why do you suppose it was harder from this end in our current world than you would think for us to achieve this sooner? In other words, future, you may be looking back at us and going, come on. Seriously? It was that hard? Yeah. <laughs> so we feel like our insecurities probably prevented us from getting there sooner. We think that our need to constantly validate our own worth at the expense of others, we think that our fear of the unknown always makes us feel inadequate, always makes us feel insecure. We like, in some cases, as we're kind of building these sets of pictures and even going back to the notion of community that we talked about in, in several of the podcasts. And if you guys remember the storytelling that uh, Lee did about his small town community, and we talked in that podcast about how there was no judgment of people in the community. If you needed help, you got help. Everybody was a full member. That's really what we're describing here, that in terms of us as artists, meaning musicians, painters, dancers, whatever that may be, writers, and as consumers, we're all full members. Okay, we're all, we all should be appreciated. And all of the goodness that comes out of that expression is, it's abundant. It's never ending. And it's just open there and available to all of us. Well, thank you very much for joining us again on this podcast. We'll see you again next time. Take care. Thank you for joining our podcast today. For more information about Pictures Out There products, services, and communities, or to contact us, please visit us at picturesoutthere.com or reach out to us on Twitter at the handle at PicsOutThere. You can also find us on Facebook. Please join us for our next podcast. We hope you have the day of your dreams. <laughs>